This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, y'all, welcome back to part three of this rut race series in our Field Note Friday section of the Hunt Stand podcast powered by Savage Firearms. Better comes best. So the past two weeks, we have talked everything pre-rut leading up to the rut. You know, this we're now in November and we are nearly there. We are nearly at that peak rut phase, that lockdown time. And right now, you should see a ton of bucks chasing, going nuts. They have found receptive does, and you should just have deer everywhere. I mean, I've seen this this time of year where I've got bucks that are coming in I've never seen before. I've got bucks that are just going nuts. Uh, I mean, it's it's just how it is. That's why we love the rut. So Justin's going to talk about that. I'm not going to get too descriptive on it because Justin's got a lot of good insight in this section, and this is going to be a fun one. So again, y'all, rate, review, subscribe to the HuntStand podcast. We appreciate the support, and make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded. I'm going to quit talking, and let's get to it with Justin Zarr. Let's move into, I guess, what you could kind of, we're almost into that peak time. Let's say November 1, right? You know, November yep. 1 through to that November 7th date that we talked about. I guess you could classify this more as chasing. I guess this is probably when more bucks get hit by vehicles and whatnot. Uh, sure. I'd probably need to look at that statistic. But uh, how do you kind of look at that November 1 up until that November 7th time? Because I feel like there are some folks out there that's like November 1 peak of the rut it's here now is the time i mean anytime the calendar says november it's the time it is <laughs> regardless of what what else is happening if it says november it's the time for me historically man i gotta tell you i just i haven't had the best luck in the world the first week of november i've killed a couple deer i killed one on the second i've killed one on the seventh but it's like i used to think that third four fifth six was like that's when I needed to be in the woods. And it was like every year I'd go and it was like, 
that seems like the time of year where it truly is feast or famine. Yeah. You might go out one day and see 12 bucks. I might go the next day and see zero deer. And I might leave my, my morning hunt on November 4th going, how did I not see a deer anywhere on November 4th? Been there, done that. <clears throat> and so I feel like, again, now you definitely have does in estrus, multiple mm-hmm. does. So I feel like that's where the feast or famine thing comes in. Yeah. You got an estrus doe around, you got all the deer and all the bucks and all the action. And if you don't, you just don't have anything. You might have some little bucks cruising around looking like they're lost and they're they're wondering where everybody went. Um, and that's also, yeah. I feel like, the time of year where you can have like a really good, intense activity for like a couple of minutes and there's deer running everywhere. And then it's like the whole group just moves off. And then it's like the, there's a void in their wake. Just there's dead. nothing for the rest of the day. Like, man, I had a great morning. I saw... 15 deer and bucks Mm -hmm. chasing and does everywhere. And then I sit the afternoon and it's like, where did they all go? What happened? Um, So for that time of year, for me, it's just, it's a little bit more guessing, I think, than anything. It's uh, a lot of, just a lot of time, a lot of time in the stand, a lot of, a lot of butt time in the stand. I'm still aggressive. I'm still calling um, quite a bit decoys, rattling, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on it. I'm trying to make something happen that time of year. But again, for me, it's just like, I just can't seem to, to really get a, a like those can any sort of consistency, I guess I would say during that, that time of the year. Would you say it would be smarter to focus on, you know, let's, let's look at, you got a watering hole or water source, like a Creek going through, are you going to try and focus more on that or are you really going to concentrate your time and efforts into, you know, let's, let's call it that dough hole per se, like where the dough yep. are concentrated. Like wh- what are you going to look at more of? I think the dough, I, I think maybe both. And it's going to depend on the weather. It's going to depend on like this year has been a drought year. So there's not a lot of water in a lot of places. So I think keying into water, especially like midday, if you're going to do an all day sit would be a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that time of year, like, the does, I feel like, uh, are still feeding in the evening. So I feel like the bucks are still coming to food to to harass them and look for them and chase them around and do that type of stuff. Yeah. So I'm still kind of focused on doe feeding in the evenings, doe bedding in the mornings. Um, I may do an all-day sit here and there, but that, for me, that's usually like my second week in October is when I kind of move into my all-day sits. Mm-hmm. That first week, I'm kind of just mornings and evenings for the most part. Um trying to figure out, and this comes back to the, the cell camera thing too. You know, when a buck gets on a doe and she's an estrus, he's usually with her for a couple of days and they usually don't go very far. In my experience, they're going to be in a, you know, maybe a 40 acre patch, give or yeah. take, um, sometimes less. So if I can get some intel that like, yeah, it seems like I might have a hot doe in this area. There's a bunch of bucks, mm-hmm. daytime, there's, you know, bucks on does, whatever. Um, I may move, use that Intel to move into those areas. Cause again, the feast or famine thing, one side of my farm can be hot. One side of it can completely suck. That's, That's true. where the cell cam data can really come in handy to tell you what's hot and what's not. And I'm not looking for like specific deer. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for general deer activity. Like is, is it going on or is it not going on? And see, talking on the, the cell cam part, I will actually uh, move my cameras this time of year where 
I may have had it focused on a food or water source where at this point it's like, okay, I know there's going to be deer at one of those two things majority of the time. So yeah, I don't need a camera to tell me. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need a be camera there. to look. It's yep. like I'm at that point, I'm like, okay, I need to find more of those heavy traffic areas to find out, okay, how many times is a buck maybe using that, looking through to maybe see, okay, where are a lot of these bucks crossing because of a doe or whatnot. And I'm just really just trying to get more intel on more of a micro level, I guess you could call it, on our place. Sure. So that's I, I kind of look at it from that point. Is what I do. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the time of year when you start. This is the beginning of what I would call like the zombie walking phase mm-hmm. where you get those bucks that are just plodding. You know, they're just going. They're not. They're just walking. Yeah. Covering ground. You know, I feel like it's the beginning of that. I feel like that peaks a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like once we come off those first does getting bred, then you see a little bit more of that traveling. In in my opinion, and I'm not a scientist by any means, but I've always felt like, based on my observational data, the mature buck in an area probably going to get the first doe that comes into estrus Big time. in that area. He's yeah. going to be locked down with her for a while. Then he's going to free up from her, might find another one if there's enough does. If you've got a property with enough does coming into estrus, kind of back to back to back, he might move into the next one. You know, so those bigger ones tend to lock down, I feel like, sooner than than some of the other deer do. Mm-hmm. And then they start to free up a little bit later in November. And I and and I attribute to that that to like why my first week of November has just never been the most amazing time of the year for yeah. me. Um I do feel like that's probably a little bit more of your quote unquote lockdown phase that people like to to say. Lockdown is kind of like the October lull. It's like all of our excuse as to like it why is. we're not killing a deer during the rut. Ah, they're locked down with those right now. But I do think there is some mirror truth to that. Big time. You know, it's I look at deer hunting and even elk hunting the same way. I look at it from the scope of thinking about college students at a bar and dudes trying to pick up chicks, right? I, like <laughs> this with, is great. Like, I like this analogy. Like if you listen to Joel Turner from Shot IQ, like you've yeah. have you ever heard his elk analogies? Uh-uh. Uh, you you've got to listen to him sometime. I won't I won't uh, bring him up on this podcast because we're t- specific to deer, but I look at it from the perspective of you find that group of chicks at the bar, right? They're going back and forth from their table to the bar to get their drinks, and. I would want to position myself somewhere in between that I can catch their <laughs> eye and catch their attention so that once I do buy them that drink and then you're essentially on lockdown for the rest mm. of the evening. Sure. So yeah, that, it makes sense. So Until she's like, I got to go. See you later. And now you're freed up. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Buck now once. you're pursuing the next one. Exactly. And now you're once, desperate. You see? So you're, so you're making a loop around the whole bar. Yes. Looking looking for another suitable candidate. Do you see the analogy here now? I get it. Yes. I get it. So, yeah, yeah it's, that's kind of how I look at it. For, so I'm looking at, okay, that's why I was talking about the cameras. Like, does are looking for food and water. I know where that is. I need to find myself somewhere in that in-between spot to yeah. catch her with a buck. So that's what I look for. Thinking a buck, yeah. things like that. The other thing you can do during that time of year, if you're not really having luck in your traditional spots, is mm-hmm. you know what specifically Todd Graff is probably one of the, <laughs> the guys that's maybe brought this to my attention more than anything is, you know, when those bigger bucks do get those does, they tend to take them to these weird isolated spots, yes. kind of away from other deer and maybe competition and whatnot, and they kind of keep them locked down. This is why, you know, I'll be driving around and I'll see a buck 
in a doe in a random little woodlot in the middle of nowhere yes. where I never see any deer, you know? So I feel like I like to use early and mid October and maybe even early November is the times when I kind of like throw these weird hail Marys where I'm like, okay, if mm-hmm. nothing's going on in my main spot, I hunted this woods this morning. I didn't see a deer. I saw a year and a half old buck walk by me and it's November 4th. Like, I'm just going to go do something crazy. I'm going to yeah. go to a little isolated woodlot or a, a fence row or something like that and hope to catch one of these bucks that's got a doe pinned down somewhere or is trying to push her into an area where he can get her away from other deer. Um, it can be hard to do because it's like, you're almost like contradicting what I said earlier. Save your best spots for this time of year. Yeah. But if your best spot isn't producing, like you got to pull out and go find wherever they may be at. Don't just stick there forever because it may not happen, right? Be a, This is a good time of year to be aggressive, get out there, move around, try some different things. All right, y'all, there you go. End to part three. That was the chasing phase. And next week, we are going to be talking lockdown, peak rut phase. I'm excited about this one. And again, y'all, we just want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rut Race on our Field Note Friday section of the Hunt Stand podcast powered by Savage Firearms. And we'll see you next week.